You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Book of Acts, chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 1 through 4. And I'm reading out the new NIV, or reading out the NIV version, amen. Not the new, but the NIV. When you're there, say amen. Praise God. Starting at verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together, say all together, in one place. And then suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came. One translation says, like a mighty rushing wind from heaven, and it filled the whole house that they were sitting. They saw what seems to be tongues of fire. Somebody say fire. Somebody say fire. That separated and came and rested on each of them. All of them, say all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. Let's all stand up today, amen, as we get ready to receive the word of God. We're here to receive, right? You've given. Now God wants you to receive something. So let's bow our heads and get ready to receive today. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here, Lord. I thank you for our friends and visitors, Lord. We thank you for those that call this house their home. Lord, we ask right now that you would move. Holy Spirit, we invite you, as you're already here, an invited guest here, to come and move upon the hearts of your people. Move upon us all, my Lord. And Father, as we empty ourselves, we want to receive from you the manna from heaven. Father, I pray that for every person that has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord will say to them. Father, that it would transform us and renew us, that we will leave this place different. We ask, Lord, that you would move, Father God, as we pray for signs, wonders, and miracles to take place. Salvation, my Lord. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people say, amen, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, something's about to happen. If you're trying to sneak out today, the doors are locked. And ushers have been told not to let no one go. So sit tight. Put a seatbelt on because we're going to go for a ride. Amen. Are you ready? Amen. In this ride, you can put your hands up if you want. You can shout if you want. You can do whatever you want, amen, but just don't try to leave. They've been instructed to tackle you down and bring you to the front. 
If you want to try to get through that wall, <laughs> I think you probably just sit down. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me read that passage of Scripture once again. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house that they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, our theme this year is the voice. We have heard all kinds of different voices in the voice series at our Wednesday night plug-in service. And by the way, amen, all of them have done an awesome job in bringing forth the messages of the voice. We're going to have another one this Wednesday, amen, that we're going to continue that on the voice series. But if we really want to be a voice in this generation, how many know that we need to be a voice right now, Amen. Come on, we need to be a now generation. We really can't wait till tomorrow, someday, amen, but we need to be a voice right now. Somebody say right now. Because people are dying and going to hell, and that's the truth. Every day you're, you're hearing in the news someone dying. It really grieved my spirit, man, when I seen what happened in New York with this young kid that was mistakenly identified as someone that did something that didn't really do it and got butchered, butchered, butchered. I don't know what that is, amen. Don't sound really violent, amen, but butchered right there in the streets of, of how many seen that? It's horrible. A young man that was cut up like a piece of meat over this because of evil. I wonder if someone reached out to this young man. I wonder if he knew that Jesus loved him. I wonder if these men that, or these kids that did this violent crime, I wonder if anyone ever talked to them about Jesus. This is running rapid in our world today. This is, this is the evil. These are the days that we're living today, church. And they need a voice. They need to, to be told what's coming. We need to be a voice to them now. We, if we are to be a now generation, if we are to be the voice, not just a voice, but the voice. In John 14, 16, NIV says this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, notice that Jesus didn't say, I am a way or a truth or a life. He says, no, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So if we are to be the voice, we can't do it alone. We need some power. Come on, somebody. We need, and this is the title of my message, amen, this two-part series, part one today, the Pentecostal church. The Pentecostal church. Where is the Pentecostal church? Where is it today, amen, because that is what needed in this generation that you and I live in today. What is Pentecost? Well, Pentecost was a celebration of the harvest. For Israel, it was a great harvest of grain. It was one of the three major annual festivals for Israel. 
And so many people would come out through these festivals, amen. In Pentecost, it was jam-packed. This was held 50 days after the Passover. Now Jesus was crucified at Passover time. I'm giving you a little history here, guys. He rose on what day? He rose on what day? He rose on the third day and ascended back to the Father 40 days after his resurrection. Did you know that when he rose those three days, he walked the earth? There were sights of him. There was visitations of him, amen. He walked around this earth, amen, before he ascended back. Ten days after he went back home to be with Papa, the Holy Spirit came on the 50th day after Passover, the day of Pentecost, harvest time. Come on, somebody. I want you to catch this. If you catch it, you're going to leave with something. Tell your neighbor, you better catch it. Come on. Come on. You got to catch it. I mean, you got to. See, when, you, when you're receiving the word of God, you, you can't just be, you know, because you're going to miss it. Come on. You ever got hit up with a ball, amen, that you weren't paying attention to? Or seen somebody, amen, the ball's thrown in and boom. Oh, man, I wasn't paying attention. You got to pay attention today. You got to catch something or you're going you're gonna to miss it. You're going to miss it, church. Come on. The day of Pentecost fits after, Pente- after Passover. Pentecost comes, amen. The day of Pentecost, amen. Harvest time. People are filled in Jerusalem, amen. They're here for this annual festival of the Pentecost, amen. The harvest grain, amen. The church was born at Pentecost. The church that you and I belong to today, we're part of that church, amen. We're part of that revival, amen. We're part of that movement of God. If you don't know, that's really the mama church. Hello. Are you getting it? Some of you guys dropped it. For the church, Pentecost is a great harvest time of the spirit. Listen, because of Pentecost, we reap a harvest. A harvest of power to be a witness. Ability to be renewed and transformed and a life in his presence. That's what Pentecost did for us. Because of Pentecost, his power, somebody say power, his power is available to those who believe. If you don't know it by now, we're Pentecostal. Don't start walking out right now. The doors are locked. Meaning that we identify and we seek after the fullness of the Spirit. Just like they did back in Pentecost in the book of Acts. Listen, I believe, I believe that we need a harvest of the Spirit of God in our churches today. Come on, we need, uh, we need the, a harvest of the Spirit in our lives once again. Can somebody say amen? Come on, as a witness, as believers, uh, we cannot afford to stop seeking to be filled with his power. As a church, we cannot afford to remain the same. We need a church to repent, amen, by being transformed and by renewing our minds, amen. Come on, the world has polluted the mind. The church world has polluted the church. 
Come on, they're not speaking. They're not speaking and preaching about the power of Pentecost any longer, amen. They're going with the flow of things, amen. And what we need is a visitation of the Spirit once again in our workplaces, in our homes, in our churches, in our ministries, and everything that we do. Come on, we need an empowerment. Can somebody say amen? As a church, we need, we cannot afford to remain the same. Come on, how can we come to church and there's no change in us? He didn't die just for nothing. He died for you to change, amen. Not to keep continuing to walk in your ways, but to change your ways. To think different, to be different, to separate yourself from the world. People are getting saved now and they look the same as the world. There's no fruit. They look like a Christian, but there's no fruit there. It's not their fault. It's the church's fault. It's the way the church is preaching them today over the pulpits. Changing truth. Turning the truth into a lie and a lie into a truth. Giving what the people want, what their itchy ears want now. Well, this is not a popular message, but it's a more powerful message. Doors are still locked? All right. Romans 12, 2, NIV says, do not conform to the pattern of this world or even the pattern of the church world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, and you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will, amen. Let me tell you, if we know the will of God, if we're being really transformed and changed, amen, then we will know what we need to do, church. As his children, we cannot afford to ignore his intimate or immediate presence in our lives. I mean, like, he wants to be with you. Come on, he wants to be inside of you. He wants to fill you, amen. If we are to be the voice, we as a church, we need that Pentecostal power once again. This was a fulfillment, church. If you read the scriptures, if you read the word of God, amen, it was a fulfillment. John the Baptist talked about the Holy Spirit. That it would come and it would baptize us with fire. Come on, somebody say fire. Woo! Think about fire, think about that song. Fire. Boom, boom, boom. Come back, come back, Charlene. Come back, come back. Don't go back there, girl. <laughs> it was a fulfillment, amen, that he would come and baptize us with fire. Luke chapter 3, 16, NIV says, John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come the straps of whose hand, sandals I are uh, unworthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. It was a fulfillment of prophet, the prophet Joel. He talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2, 28 to 29. And I says, afterwards, I will pour out my son on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and female, or men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. The tongue, church, symbolizes 
speech of communication of the good news, the gospel. Fire symbolizes God's purifying presence, which burns away the undesirable elements of our lives and sets our heart aflame to ignite others. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, come on, when you got saved, saved, not just saved, but saved, saved, come on, because we get saved, but then we get saved, saved. Come on. When I got saved, saved, when I was backslidden and gave my life to the Lord, saved, saved, there was a fire that was ignited inside of me that got me so excited, man, what God was doing in my life that it affected my family. My sisters got saved. My mom rededicated her life. Cousins started getting saved. My wife, who was one time alone going to church, had a seat full of family all around her, amen, because it ignited something. That's when you're saved, saved. You guys are thinking, man, I got to get saved, saved. Am I saved, saved, or am I saved? (laughs) Something you're going to go home thinking about today. (laughs) Am I saved, saved, or saved? Let me tell you, if you are saved, saved, there's a fire inside of you, man. Come on, let's shut up in your bones. You can't stop talking about Jesus. You got to tell somebody about Jesus, amen. It excites you to get up and say, you know what? Church day, it's Sunday, it's time for me to go to church, amen. I'm going to go to church, I'm going to put on my praise. That's an excitement. If you didn't come like that, maybe you just save, save, amen, man. Come on, you cool your hair. You put on your tie, hallelujah. Come on, shower. If you take a shower, you're safe, safe. Come on, you brush those teeth. You're safe to go out and out for Sunday. Remember, you fit to go out. Come on, when you save, save, you go get a haircut. I need a haircut. Come on, this girl, you're safe, saved. I hope you're safe, safe. <laughs> See, fire symbolizes God's purifying presence. See, on Mount Sinai, God validated the word of God in the Old Testament law in stone with what? Come on, when Moses was up there to get the commandments, the the Ten Commandments, how how did God write the word of God? With fire. Come on, you seen the Ten Commandments, the movie? (laughs) Flame came in. (laughs) Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. (laughs) Honor thy father and thy mother. You know the Ten Commandments, right? It was powerful, man. You got to see that movie, Charles, what's Charles Heston? He's a wacko now, but it's all right. <laughs> but it was fire, man, on Mount Sinai. That's how God validated the word of God, which was a fire. At Pentecost, God validated the Holy Spirit's ministry by sending fire. On Mount Sinai, Fire came down in one place. At Pentecost, fire came down on many believers, symbolizing that God's presence is available. Amen. This is what Pentecost did for us. His power is available to all who believe. Do we have any believers in the house today? Come on, that means that his power is available to you. See, what we need is the Pentecostal power to be a witness in order to be the voice. We need the Holy Spirit 
Come on, somebody. Come on, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be the witness. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and NIV says this, on one occasion, while he, speaking of Jesus, was eating with them, this is after, this is after the resurrection. See, God is still walking the earth. He's sitting, with the, he's sitting with the disciples, amen. And he says, uh, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. On Acts chapter 1, verse 8, NIV says this, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. See, power in the Greek is dunamis, which where we get the word dynamite, amen. So he's talking right here about, right here when he's talking about this power, he's talking about an explosive power. How many want to be explosive for Jesus? That when you speak, man, there's an authority in your voice. There, there's this power that demons tremble, amen. There's power to pray over a sinner on the streets, amen. And you can, the power of God that just convicts them, amen. That's the kind of power that he's talking about. He says, don't, don't leave until you receive this power. He says, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To all of Vegas, you can be a witness. Can somebody say amen? See, Jesus told his disciples before this event took place that I'm going back to the Father. Before all this happened in Pentecost, he's sitting down with him. He's talking about, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to do this. And John and Peter's like, no, 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 I'm going to die for you. You know know the story, man. They're all talking about this. And they start talking who's going to be the greatest and all this stuff. And they're not understanding. Jesus is trying to say, I'm trying to tell you guys something. So he's sitting there and he says, you know what? I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to prepare a place for you. Remember that, that scripture? That where I am... You'll be, I'm going to prepare a mansion, a place for you. In my father's house there are many, many rooms, amen, and I'm going to prepare one just for you. But he says, I got to go. I'm going to bounce, guys. I'm going to take off. I'm going back to the father. But I'm going to leave you guys hanging. He's preparing them. He tells them what's going to happen in Pentecost. He, but they're not listening right there, amen. And so he's telling them this story, amen. He says, but I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you your best friend. I'm going to send you someone that's going to guide and teach you and and be with you, the Holy Spirit. See, the Trinity is a description of the unique relationship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, I know that Jesus was only 33 years old when he died, when they crucified him. But if Jesus would have stayed on earth, His presence would have been limited. Meaning Jesus can only be at one place at one time. Are you following me? Because he's in the flesh. Amen? So physically he can only do that at one time. But after Jesus ascended back to heaven, now he would be spiritually present everywhere. Come on, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent so that God would be with us and within his believers. God is everywhere now. Come on, somebody. He's present everywhere all the time. The Holy Spirit was sent to comfort us. How many need some comfort? 
Come on, have you ever been to a heartache, amen, a, a hard situation? The Holy Spirit comes and he comforts us. I don't know about you, but I've been through some rough seasons in my life where he came to comfort me. When I was crying out, he became, he became a shoulder to lean on. Come on, when I was going through struggles and I couldn't walk anymore, he carried me. Come on, has he done that for you? Come on, he's a comforter. Come on, he guides us to know the truth. He's the one that says, you know what, that's not true, this is true. He gives us discernment through the Holy Spirit of what gospel is the true gospel. He was sent to remind us of the words of Jesus. And to give us the right words to say, can somebody say amen? Come on, how many know that we don't say the right things all the time? See, the Holy Spirit is the one that taps you. I don't know if you've ever been tapped by the Holy Spirit. Don't say it. <sighs> anybody ever happen, anybody? Man, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad for the Holy Spirit. There's time, man, he goes, I'm about, he knows what you're thinking. Don't say it. She's going to get mad. <sighs> you have to walk away. He's there. He gives us the right words to say. Or maybe not to say anything at all sometimes. I mean, no, you don't need to speak all the time. Sometimes God just wants you to be shh, 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 sip, shut it, shut, it, shut up. I think the Holy Spirit sometimes just says, shut up. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've been shut up by the Holy Spirit at times. And then there's times that I don't listen, and I say it. Oh, man. And he goes, he goes back like this. He goes, I told you, dude, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're on your own, man. And he, I watch him like, yeah, hey. You say you never leave me or forsake me. Not in there, amen. That's, you, you're on your own right now. You're going to get the little wrath, and then I'll come back later. <laughs> and there's times where I, I, I walk away and say, why did I say that? Oh, I'm a knucklehead. You ever say that to yourself? Man, I'm so, mm, yeah. man, I'm a knucklehead. Uh, uh, uh. Does that, no, it doesn't happen to nobody? <laughs> man, I bang my head. I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at myself. And he goes, okay, you ready? I'm going to give you some words how to fix it now. He becomes your friend and helps you correct things. Because how many know we can't correct on our own? So we get, we, get, we get our mind right. We say, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I, I messed up. I know I messed up. So how can I fix this? And now you got his attention. And he gives you the right words to say. Come on. That's a good friend. He fills us with power, church. Holy Ghost power. You see, if we are to be the voice, if we are to be his witnesses, we need some Pentecostal, Holy Ghost power. Come on, somebody. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on, if we're going to be the voice, amen, we need a feeling, amen, we need to plug into the power. See, some of us here, we need some juice. Come on, you're running on 1%. Come on. I see people at work, man, they're, they're always plugging in their phone. 
I don't get that. I charge it overnight, it stays with me all day. But there's people, boom, I'm on 1%, I'm on 1%. Can I use a charger? Can I use this? Some of you Christians are walking, running, uh, serving God on 1%. And you go back to just get enough juice, but you leave with 1% still. And you're trying to serve God and you're trying to do all the things that you need to do for God. Amen. And you say, man, uh, man. Uh, and all you're doing is giving him 1% instead of 100%. You need it. Some of you guys need some juice. Come on, we need to, we need to plug in, amen. Uh, come on, we can't run on 1% as Christians. Uh, I got in my car a couple weeks ago. Got a car, a brand new car. It's been a year now. I turned it on. Click, nothing. I said, what's up with this? This is a brand new car. Click. Okay. Open the trunk up. And I started just walking around. I said, I got, I got no time for this, God. I need to get to work. I need this to start right now. And so I go, start. Get back in the car. I said, I'm going. See you, babe. He says, boy, you need a new battery. I had to call my job and say, you know what, I'm going to be running late. I don't even know if I'm going to be in at all. I'm mad. But I go get a battery. See, some of you guys need a new battery. You're trying to charge up something old. You're trying to use up an old battery that you need to get renewed. You need to trade in your battery. Come on, you're trying to relive on old past revivals, old past charges of the past. Amen. What you need is a new filling of the Holy Spirit. Come on. What you need is a new battery. Amen. Installed in your, in your body. Amen. Say, God, I'm charged up. Now I'm amped up. Amen. Now I want to do something for God because each time someone, God asks you to do something, boom, let's go. Come on. I want you to do this. Boom, let's go. Amen. Come instead of going, eh, eh, eh. I don't know. I asked you guys to do something like, eh, eh, I don't know, Pastor. <laughs> got no, I, got, I got nothing in my giddy up. My giddy up. What's that, amen? <laughs> Cheering country all of a sudden, amen? Got nothing, amen. What you need, if that's you today, you need a new feeling. You need a new battery. You need to trade that old thing in, get a new wine skin, and say, I want to get filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. I want to ignite. I want to start up. I want to do something for God. Tell your neighbor, plug in. Get juiced up. Talk to that 1% Christian next to you. Say, get juice. No, no, I'm just playing. You see, I see a lot of Christians, a lot of believers today, that don't realize of the inner power of the Holy Spirit. Power to handle things they think they have to handle on their own. Come on, do you ever try to handle certain things in your life, circumstances, uh, circumstances amen, battles in, in your own power? How's that been working for you? Come on, do you try to handle things, amen? You're trying to handle that situation. You're not calling on God. You're not plugging into the source. You're trying to figure it out in your own strength. You're trying to say, I got it. I, I got it. I can handle this, amen. You're trying to fix your marriage. You're trying to fix your home. You're trying to fix your children, whatever it is. What you need is a Holy Ghost power. You need a Pentecostal movement in your life. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. 
Man, I'm losing like 10 pounds a day. Holy Spirit, work out. Some of you spirit work out. Where you lock yourself in that room and you start plugging into the power of God. And you start talking to God, amen, over your situations, over your problems. You start giving it to God and say, God, I need some source. I need some direction. I need some guidance. I need some power in my life. And you'll come out of that prayer room sweating. Just like I am right now. I'm just blessed that I still look good when I'm sweating. I'm entertaining myself, okay? You're laughing. Thank you for your laugh. His power is available, church, to help us through. So many Christians are trying to do things on their own, not realize, man, I can tap out and tap into the Holy Spirit. He's there to help me through this situation. He's there to help me through the problem. Come on. His power is available for us to complete the task. Of the harvest. That's what Pentecost is. It's for the harvest time. Meaning there are sinners to be saved. Come on, the power to be the voice, amen, to reach out for the harvest. Can I tell you, the harvest is ripe right now. It's harvest time. It's Pentecostal time, amen, for us as a church to go out, amen, and win the world for Jesus. Maybe after summer, okay. See, in our text, God, Jesus didn't say, okay, go do the work, guys. I'm going to die. Go. But he told him what? Wait. Wait for the gift. Wait for the promise. In other words, I'm not going to just send you out there. I am going to equip you, amen. I'm going to empower you with the ability to do it. People are signing up because I don't know if I can do it. I said, don't depend on you. Depend on the Holy Spirit to help you to be what you want to be for God. Come on, I, I cannot just come up here and say, you know what? I don't need you, God. I, I can preach pretty good on my own, amen. No, I got to tap in. I got to study. And I said, God, now I need you to do the overfill in me, amen. I'm going to plug myself in you, amen, because I want to release your anointing. I, I want to speak of your power, God, because your words have power, Lord. Well, my wisdom does nothing. It may clap them, it may wow them for a moment, but your words brings change. I'm going to equip you because you can't do it in your own power, church. Come on. You get saved. You
you're really mindset and say, God, I'm charged up. I've been praying all night. I've been seeking your face, God. I'm ready to serve him. And now you came in with 100% charged up and said, God, I can go for the long haul now. I'm not going to quit, amen, next week. I'm not going to quit next Sunday, amen. I'm doing it till Jesus comes back. Oh, come on. It deserves a better clap than that. Don't do it for me. Do it for him. We need the Pentecostal church. See, I got fresh batteries here. I can go like three or four hours right now. You say bring it down, then your stomach's going, okay, stop it now, pastor. (laughs) Tacos are calling now. I need to serve the God taco right now. Come on. You can't do it on your own strength. But God tells him, I'm going to give you a Pentecostal power. I'm going to give you it through the Holy Spirit. He's going to equip you to be the voice. Church, spiritual accomplishments, listen, will never be done without his spirit. Spiritual accomplishments will never be done without his spirit. This is why we, they were asked to wait there in Jerusalem. This is why they were asked to stay in that upper room, amen, until the power from heaven descended upon them. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, not only will he empower me or empower us, but unite us. How many know that we need to be a united church? We need to be a united uh, uh, army, amen. We need to come together. We cannot be divided, amen. We cannot be fighting over things. We need to be united in mind and spirit, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. The message of Acts 1-8 is simple, church. Apart from the Holy Spirit, no one can preach the gospel. No one can be the voice the way God wants them to be. There's a lot of men out there today preaching a gospel, but it is not his gospel. It sounds like his gospel. Come on, it feels like his, but it's not his gospel. Because the Holy Spirit is what brings the power. Church, with the Holy Spirit, we can make a difference. Hello. We can become the Pentecostal church that is needed in the world today. To be the witness and to be the voice. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 4 says this in New Living Translation. And my message, this is Paul speaking, and my message and my preaching is very plain. Rather than using clever or persuasive words or speech, I rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of In God. Paul here is speaking and saying, I'm not here to try to impress you. I'm not going to use fancy words. I'm not going to try to persuade you. I'm not going to try to talk you into it, amen. But I'm going to plug into the Holy Ghost. I'm going to let him use me, amen. And I'm going to allow him to work through me to talk to you. See, Paul's confidence was not in his intelligence. How many know that he was a very intelligent man? 
He had a lot of wisdom. He was a scholar, amen. He had a lot of knowledge. But that Holy Spirit, amen, was helping him and guiding him. Paul knew the word, amen. He studied the word. He was well versed in the word, amen. But he still relied in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he used that intellect before. And there was no power. He was all running on man's wisdom. And now he identified that I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he did that, he became one of the most powerful people in the Bible. Man full of wisdom. Man that led and wrote and encouraged believers while he was in his jail cell. Still preaching. And that word had power. Listen, church, without the power of the Holy Spirit, the message of the gospel rests in man's wisdom. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 5, the NIV, it says, in the last days, the last days, but a form of godliness. Come on, that it will look like the church. It will feel like the church. It will smell like the church. Come on, they'll have all their amens and they'll have all their praise the Lord. They'll have everything. It looks like the church, but it goes on to say, but denying its power. Meaning there'll be no Holy Ghost power in those churches. And then it goes on to say, have nothing to do with such people. I don't care how many programs they have. I don't care. Any kind of dances they're doing. Any kind of big, big, big worship teams with big names going on there. It goes on. I don't care what they're having. It looks like the church. Come on, it looks like a party going on for Jesus. Amen. Come on, but it's not the church. And I'm not talking down to the churches that do that, amen, as long as the Holy Spirit's there. If they want to do that, man, go for it. All we do is turn off our lights and we got this. That's our light show right there. <laughs> I am not going to be that church. Or we will not be that church. If you're looking for that church, I'm sorry, it's not here. But I'm going to preach the truth. Because his truth should be the light. The word should be the light. That's all I need. That's all the entertaining I need is God's word. I'm not here to push people. I want you to come because you want to come. I want you to lift your hands because you want to lift. I want you to sing because you want to sing. I want you to be part of this because you want to be part of this. Because if you're going to those kind of churches, let me tell you, guys, you're probably just the 1% Christian. Because once you leave that church, all that dies, and you just do whatever you want to do. Because there's no conviction. There's no Holy Spirit. Come back next. See you next week. There's no. Are you understanding, church? Now, I don't want you to go to any of the big churches. My pastor was talking bad about you guys. <laughs> I'm not talking bad about them. I'm talking about the churches that do that. And if they have no Holy Ghost, I'll tell them there's no Holy Ghost here. Got a nice church, looks good. There's no power here. You can feel the difference, church. 
Go to one of those churches. You understand. It'll, it'll, it'll look good. Feel good, but after a while, it's, there's no change. That's what it's saying that the church in the last days will entertain rather than empower the people. Listen, entertainment's not going to help you when you're struggling. Being entertained and tickled is not going to help you when you're going through a real situation in your life. You need an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If there's no Holy Ghost power, church, there is no change. You're just saved, not safe saved. How many know we belong to a safe, safe church? <laughs> but you can just be still saved here. But it is a safe, safe church. You can be saved, but we're safe, safe. It's going to be a talk now in the cafe. Hey, what's up, save? What's up, say save? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Let me tell you, that's not going to happen here, church. That is not going to happen here, amen. We are Pentecostal to the end, amen. We will preach the truth, amen, with the empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. We welcome the Holy Spirit in every service because without him, it's just a show. And we're not here to entertain. We're here to proclaim his power, church. Amen. We're here to proclaim that there's power in the Holy Spirit. We need to be like the New Testament church that saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit as something norm in our service. Come on, when there's a movement of the Holy Spirit, it shouldn't freak us out. It should be, this is who we are. We don't need to apologize for the visitor that comes. Amen. We don't need to apologize for the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to say, this is who we are. This is the power. Let me tell you, it will not freak out people. It will get them, Father, intrigued to say, what is that? I had co-workers coming in, man, when evangelist Renee was here. They never seen nothing like that. But let me tell you, they weren't scared. They were scared. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't scared. No, that's how I talk. <laughs> it was in the water. They were intrigued. They felt that there was something special going on right here. They were wild. They were scared to go up there. They didn't, they didn't identify. They didn't understand it. But they were like, what is that? Because I have smoked some things that made me look at things different. But this is different. <laughs> this is blowing my mind right here. This is, this is, this is crazy. They were intrigued. Meaning, I want to know a little bit more about that. Man, when I went to work on Tuesday, man, they were ready waiting for me. I got some questions. <laughs> I want to know what happened. <laughs> I said, were you scared? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was scare scared. <laughs> we got to understand that when they saw the baptism, we got to be like that church, amen. That, that isn't a normal experience for us as a church, amen. That, that we are Pentecostal, amen, amen. That we understand that that's an empowerment for the believer, amen. An empowerment to preach the gospel. An empowerment to be the voice. 
That same empowerment in him, that Pentecostal power that came over Peter as he was sitting in that upper room waiting him in as Jesus instructed him to do was filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, comes down, preaches a, a powerful message, amen, and 3,000 people get saved. Let me tell you, if he didn't have that power, let me tell you, if Peter went on his own strength, let me tell you, I don't know how many people would get saved. It wouldn't be 3,000. 3,000 people. You got to understand, this place is packed. It's a festival. They always come. It's one of the major three festivals that they have every year. So all of Jerusalem there, that's why there was such a big crowd. And Peter was like, whew, I'm plugged in, filled in. I'm going to preach. And he preaches, man. Did you know that that sermon is on, on, on Amazon? I'm going to get it. Amen. You guys really believe me? <laughs> you guys look at me. It's all right. You guys will get it as you're driving home. Amen. <laughs> I would like to know what he preached on. Amen. That would be a, probably a powerful sermon to, to re-bring again. Amen. 3,000 people get saved. That's power, church. We have to understand that without him, without the Holy Spirit, and anything that we do, we won't make much of a difference in this world. We need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close today. Because I'm running down on juice now on this plane. We need to be the Pentecostal church again, church, in order to be the voice. God's calling us to be a voice. God is calling us to use our voices once again. If you don't know that scripture, that we're, that's, that, that's part of that scripture there in John 1, 23. It's about John the Baptist being the voice in the desert. And saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, people think they have time. But let me tell you, time is running out. That young boy that got murdered, 15, thought he had the rest of his life. But time ran out on him. See, we, we, can't, we can't manage time by how we feel or how young we are because death comes like this to anyone, to the believer and the non-believer. Come on, it falls on the, it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust church. We can't say that we're exempt from that because we live in this world, so it falls upon us as well, church. The good thing about us, amen, we, there's a guarantee for us. Come on, if something happens, amen, we're, we're living right, amen, our next destiny, amen, we're going to see Jesus. And so, but, but for those that don't, they're going to see judgment. And so we, we, we need to be the voice, church. We need to be that Pentecostal church once again to fill this earth. We need to be spirit-filled and we need to be spirit-led people. We must invite the Holy Spirit to be part of our lives. I can't operate without the Holy Spirit. He is my best friend. I wake up to him. He's there to guide me. He's there. He's always with me. I, I, I can't stand out, up here without his presence. I need his help. We need to be a people that depend on the Holy Spirit to be part of our lives. Amen. I'm going to have the, ask the worship team to come up now. Let me close with this one point here. 
The human body, listen, the human body is a remarkable machine. But it can maintain a constant temperature, listen, of 98.6 degrees within us. It can be 115 out there, but guess what? We're still 98.6 degrees inside of us. We can be at the coldest point of Vegas at one time of 25 degrees, but guess what's inside of us? 98.6. It's the inner, inner thing that's within us that's built inside of us is what makes the difference. For the Christian, for the believer here today, the Holy Spirit is that inner works that helps us to make a difference in this world.